You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the grace of uh, Lord Moms in, in our world and in our life. Lord, we thank you for them. Thank you for the story of how you, you've used uh, Mom and Ian's life and in my life and so many others. Lord, today we honor your gift uh, to us, is our moms in our world. And uh, Lord, we give you thanks for your word and how you speak to that. In Christ's name, everybody said... Amen. Hey guys, it's good being with you. My name's Ryan. I serve as the lead pastor here at North Valley, and today is Mother's Day. And so uh, the song that you just heard Ian wrote, and then I'll tell you what, we've got another one coming up after the message today. And if you want that song, uh, we will provide it to you. Just fill out the Connect card and then drop it in the offering, and uh, we'll make sure that we send out a link to uh, through our North Valley newsletter. That's where you can kind of find the latest and the greatest of what's going on at North Valley on a weekly basis. And so we're really thankful for that. And in fact, a mom, Christy Roberson, does that for us every single week. And she does a fantastic job on keeping you guys connected. So let's give Christy a round of applause for all those, all that service. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, um, I am super excited about being here this morning with you guys. Did you guys see in uh, 85085, the magazine, they wrote up a little story about our church? Some of you guys did, some of you didn't. Yeah, they did. So they wrote up a little article. If you didn't pick up a magazine called 85085, they did a little uh, uh, article on our church and what's going on in the life of our church. So uh, that's exciting to see what, what God's doing. They actually contacted me and said, hey, we want to we capture what's going on in the heart of the North Valley in the community. You guys seem like a community church, and they did a fantastic job doing that. So really thankful for that. Hey, uh, this morning, uh, I want to encourage you, those of you guys that are new, if you uh, hadn't picked up a little brochure, we have an area of influence brochure. It tells the story of our land. Those of you guys that are brand new today, we're glad that you're here. Uh, thank goodness we have an opportunity. Thank thank God. That'd be better. Uh, let's thank God that we prov- He has provided some land for us, and we'll be moving out onto our new permanent facility, uh, Lord willing, in August. And so uh, we're excited about that. And at the info table, as you make your way out, there's this little brochure there. And I encourage you to pick one of those up, and uh, that'll tell you a little bit about our plans. And as well, 85085 has done a good job, that magazine, telling the story about what we're going to be doing. So I want to tell you, my mom had a huge influence on me. Uh, This morning, uh, we're going to look in God's Word together um, about moms having influence, uh, not only on the family, but in the marketplace. I want to tell you a story before we get started about my mom, uh, just like Pastor Ian you know, mom had a huge influence in my life. I was the story of the prodigal son kid. I grew up in a Christian family, and mom was uh, a good example for me. She prayed for me, cared for me. But I have a lot of fond childhood memories uh, growing up. My mom taught me about a relationship with Jesus Christ. She did not teach me about the rules of Christianity. She focused on the relationship. I remember one time we were uh, going, it was during Halloween season, we were down in Dallas, and I was just a little kid, maybe about nine years old, and mom said, hey, you know, um, we're going to go out tonight, and we're going to go find a church and go do some kind of carnival. 
And I was, you know, I was wrapped up with some kind of, I don't know, I, I, I saw some, some mummies and I thought, well, it'd be really cool. I'm going to dress up like a mummy on Halloween. So we went to this one little, little tiny church and uh, we walked in and the lady put her hand out in front of me and she said, excuse me, um, little boy, we don't have scary people in our church. And my mom said, well, he's not that scary. And uh, she said, well, no, no mummies allowed, okay? And my mom said, well, that, I understand, I understand. So we, sh- we walk out, and we get in the car. I was like crying, you know. I was really excited about me being a mummy on Halloween. And mom says, you know, hey, Ryan, listen, uh, I know you're really excited about the mummy outfit, but, you know, we just, the church doesn't want to let you in because you're, you're a mummy, and that's a little scary. And I, I didn't understand. I said, Mom, I don't get it. And she said, you know what? I'll tell you what. I got a game plan. Just walk in there and tell them you're Lazarus. And I was like, Mom, I remember you teaching me about Lazarus. So I walk up to the deal, and the lady's standing there, and she says, excuse me. I said, no scary people allowed. And I said, I am Lazarus. (laughs) And she said, well, come on in, Lazarus. Come on in. Uh, that epitomizes my mom. She always so creative. She's fun. She's lighthearted. Um, she t- taught me how to navigate through Christian religiosity and taught me about grace and taught me about the love of Christ. And uh, that, that story just kind of just, that's my mom. Uh, I love her. I'm so thankful for her. I sent her uh, a message this morning. I called her and put a little picture on my Facebook profile thanking my mom for caring for me, much like Ian. I was a wayward kid, and mom was praying for me, caring for me, and she had a huge influence in my life. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is that moms don't just have a role in shaping the family and the home They also have a role in shaping the business world as well. And I think we ought to thank God for that because we live in a world where uh, we need a holistic picture of God's creation. That is, God created man and woman in his image. And so when we bring that to bear upon everything in creation and we subdue it and then we work it and we We use our gifts and our skills and our talents, both men and women in the world. It reflects the beauty and the character and the nature of God. And so in Proverbs, we're in Proverbs. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. We're going to see that King Solomon, in your Bible, it probably says King Lemuel, which is a word that means one devoted to God. But Jewish tradition says this is King Solomon who wrote this, the wisest, wealthiest king in Israel of his day. And he's writing, I think, to really give a paradigm or a picture of what godly mothers look like, not only shaping the family life, but shaping all of business and agricultural and politics and art and all this uh, influence in the, in the world around them. And Solomon is going to help us understand what this mother looks like. Now, as we read this, hear me on this, this is an idea idealistic model of motherhood. Now, hear, hear me on this. You will never be able to fully live this out, what I'm about to preach. 
Because what the Bible does oftentimes is gives you a model of perfection so you know where to go on how to live. But what it needs, what, I, what we clarify and what we learn in the rest of Scripture is that where you fall short, Christ has enough power to raise you up. And that what, there's a model of, of paradigm of what it looks like to be a mama in the marketplace. What we're going to see today is that we all, as moms, as you, you get ladies, as moms, you, there are areas where you just, you're like, I can't, I don't do that. And what you need to know is God's grace works through that, and God's goodness and grace provides a model for us. I think what King Solomon does here is gives us an idealistic picture of what it looks like being inspired by his wife, being inspired by his mom. He paints the picture of what we call the P31 woman in the Bible. It's interesting to me, I looked at Christianity Today in December, and it had on the front cover this title. It said, Brand Evangelist. What's behind the multi-level marketing phenomenon in America? What's going on in your church? And the article went on to record that today, one in seven households are involved in multi-level marketing. And women actually make up 75% of that. And actually, it's been the largest sales force ever to date in American history in 2014, There are more moms in the marketplace than ever before in American history. And at our home, you know, Leslie's got essential oils. We have Noonday Jewelry. We have Advocare. We have Ava Anderson products. We have all these things. And guess what? As I look at the sales team that brought those products into our home, it's predominantly moms. Moms have a huge influence in the world today when it comes to not only shaping the character and the nature of the emotional, spiritual, physical life in the home, but in the heart of our business communities. And so in Christian subculture, there's this thing that's called the stay-at-home moms. They'll call them the SAMs, S-A-H-M the stay-at-home moms. And what we tend to do in church is we glorify those that stay at home and say, well, you've chosen the better route. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. Uh, The Bible advocates and encourages that there is no one like mom that can nurture and care for the children, but the Bible never relegates a woman to the home household duties. In the South, we say, we like them barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Degrading, disrespectful, tacky. That's the South. That's where I'm from. (laughs) There's kind of two camps of moms in today's culture. One is the Sams, the stay-at-home moms. And I think in the church, what we've done as a Christian subculture, is we said, well, you are the holiest of holy. And I would say, you know what? The greatest enemy is not work. The greatest enemy against us is pride and selfishness. And you can be a godly woman who stays at home, and you can be just as prideful or wretched or selfish as a woman who says, I'm taking my career into the marketplace, and I'm going to be a work outside the home, mom, because the Bible says that God looks at the heart. 
And so what we've done in American culture Christianity is we've elevated one and said the stay-at-home mom's the more holy pathway. And then we've said at the same time, but the working outside the home mom's not as much. Here's what I would say. God gave you moms a special role and responsibility to nurture and care for that child. Do that. But for the working outside the home moms, what if... What if God called that mom into the marketplace to do incredible things for the name and the fame of Jesus Christ? And the husband fasted and prayed and said, amen to that. And God uses that woman in incredible ways. So what does the Bible have to say? We're going to look. I think King Solomon gives us a vision for this. Again, it's not necessarily realistic for you to be able to do all this, mom, but it is absolutely, it is idealistic for you to understand how to navigate with influence in the home and in the marketplace. So here's what we're going to see in Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. We're going to see that this mom is engaged in all sorts of household Uh, responsibilities and business activities. She has been called the virtuous woman. She's in charge of gathering materials, making clothes, gathering food, cooking, managing employees, buying and selling land for profit, conducting business and showing charity and doing household work. She's, She's incredible. So let's do this. We're gonna learn this morning five things every mom in the in the marketplace needs to know. Let's do this. Let's stand for God's word. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. I'm going to read it and then walk through it. Here we go. An excellent wife who can find. She is more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and she buys it with the fruit of her hands. She plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all in her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children will rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her works praise her in the gates. This is the word of the Lord, amen? You may be seated. Heavenly Father, work through your Holy Spirit. Give us applicable truth that we can walk with. Reveal it to us in this time, in this hour, for your glory and our good. In Christ's name, everybody said, 
Amen. Five things every mom in the marketplace needs. Number one, moms need to be trusted. When you trust somebody, it empowers them. I remember when my dad would let me drive the tractor on the family ranch, it empowered me and gave me a boldness. Moms need to be empowered. Moms need to be encouraged. Moms need to be enabled. And when you trust them, gentlemen, it empowers them. It encourages them. They need this. Look what it says in verse 11. Solomon says this, the heart of her husband trusts in her. Let's read that together. The heart of her husband trusts in her. Every mom, especially in the marketplace, needs to be trusted. She is called to a countercultural, uh, challenging environment where she's not only going to be caring for the needs of the family, but also being going into the business world to share and show the love of Christ. And Solomon says, husband needs to trust in her. Three reasons why this woman can be trusted, according to Solomon. He says, number one, she's got character. Look at that. He says, she's excellent. Verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. He sees character in her. Second reason he believes that she ought to be trusted is he calls her valuable. He says, she's more precious than jewels. Now, King Solomon was rich. He was wealthy. He was the wisest king in all the world. Secular kings that did not trust in Yahweh, the their, uh, his God would come and visit him. Queen Sheba would visit him to sit underneath his wisdom. He had so much wealth and so much wisdom, and she, he says she needs to be trusted because she's valuable. She's good. It says, verse 12, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. I remember Leslie and I, when we first started dating my dad told me, son, you need this woman in your life because she, she does you good, boy. I remember I was, uh, I go through seasons in the South where we, we do duck hunting. Uh, Stuttgart, Arkansas is the duck hunting capital of the world, if you didn't know that. So those of you that are German, that's a German word. Uh, so, so I would go through long seasons of duck hunting, and I had my dog, Max, that would live in the house with me because... You know, we'd hunt like 30 days out of like a 45-day season, so we'd hunt a lot. And so we were like buddies. And this is before I got married, and I would spend a lot of time with my dog. And I remember going out on a date one night, and Leslie said, what's that crawling on your head? And I'm sitting at the table at Dixie Cafe, and I said, I I don't know. And she says, it looks like a a flea. And all of a sudden, it goes, ping, and it bounces over to her head, and I said, it's a flea on your head. Lord have mercy, I needed a woman in my life. My dad told me, Ryan, Leslie, she does good for you. We cleaned out the house. Now, you need to know Arkansas is crazy because there's like so much humidity and a lot of leaves, and it was just a perfect storm for not keeping a clean home. So Max had to go on the outside of the house. Max used to cry. When Leslie moved in, Max was on the back porch. Remember the days, Dad. It was funny. Number two, moms need to be appreciated for how hard they work. Solomon gives five reasons why mom is worthy of appreciation. 
First thing he says is she's got hands that are willing. She's got willing hands. Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. Wool and flax would have been used to make clothes and blankets. I remember my mom, terrible memory. She dressed us up before we went out on the skating rink in junior high in these handmade jams. And we wore jams, listening, like rocking out to whatever was popular back then, drinking the new Coke, Max Hedrum, rocking it out in the 80s, skating around as a family in our handmade jams. Not such a fond memory, but it was cool at the time. She, this woman would make clothes. She'd make clothes. Now, here's the deal. She's wealthy. She doesn't have to make clothes. She does it because she loves to serve. She's industrious. This woman just got it going on, okay? She's got willing hands, ready to serve the home at any time. Verse 14, she's like the ships of the merchant. She brings food from afar. Like these ships, these are big boats. And Solomon says, you're like a, the ship, this big ship, this big boat. Guys, I'd be careful when you call your wife a big boat. Now, Solomon can get away with it because he's like the Hebrew king poet. So that kind of stuff flows out of his mouth all the time. But for you, if you call your woman a big boat, that's not going to go good today, okay? Mom goes to Costco. Mom goes to Whole Foods. Mom makes trips to Sprouts. Mom makes trips to Super Walmart. Wherever she goes, she's loading up. And she calls me, texts me before, I, before she gets home. I'm coming and I got a lot of groceries. Send the kids out. You come out. Help me unload. This mom should be appreciated for all the hard work she does. Verse 15, she rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and the portions in her maidens. She rises before the sun gets up. Now, I have to admit, there's nothing that awesome about me, but there's something awesome about my wife. She, raised, she, she gets up before the sun gets up. She gets her little coffee. She sits in this little blue chair, and she starts praying for everybody in the household. Meanwhile, I'm at the Presbyterian Pillow. I'm at the Bedside Baptist. And I have a hard time sleeping. So Leslie is the early bird. She rises the other morning. She was out there praying, eyes closed. I get up. I get up to the smell of coffee, like that Folgers commercial. That's what I get up to. So I get up, and I smell the coffee. I see my praying wife. I'm like, "Mm, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you. And then... Here comes little Maya Bear, four years old. She walks out, and, and I said, shh, Mama's praying. And she goes, she looks straight at her, and her eyes are closed, and she's not moving her mouth. She must be praying in here. Maya goes, she's not praying. I said, shh, she's praying. And he goes, Daddy, she is not praying. She was praying. She prays all the time for us. She prays for Maya. She prays for me. She prays for you. She prays for everybody. Uh, This woman in the Bible gets up early in the morning and she starts praying for people. She starts praying and caring for her household, not only her family, but her maidens. She's got employees. This woman is amazing. Second reason mom's worthy of appreciation, she's got hands that work. 
She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hands, and she plants a vineyard, verse 16 says. She considers, that means she's smart. Her hands, she works, she plants a vineyard. Wine was a popular thing in that day. It would have been a very profitable opportunity in Jerusalem and around in Judea and in the Lebanon mountains. There was all sorts of opportunities for vineyards. Verse 17, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She dresses herself with strength. It's this imagery of a superhero. This woman's like a She-Ra. She's got a He-Man, and they're going to conquer Castle Grayskull. You remember that? That was awesome. Those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, dang, I'm getting old. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out. This woman is prepared. This woman knows how to make money. She also knows how to spend it. Verse 19, she puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. Distaff is a tool that was used to spin fibers and keep them untangled in the process of making clothes or blankets. Third reason why mom should be appreciated, she's got hands that are open. She opens her hand to the poor. She cares about the poor people of the world. She symbolizes service and trust in the Lord. Fourthly, she has hands that reach out. She just doesn't care for just the, her own kids, but she actually reaches out to people in the community that are hurting. Verse 20, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She cares for the people around her. Last week in my neighborhood group, this one mom who was motivated by last week's message when I preached on the, the misuse of power and wealth and I exhorted you, I said, go get your clothes that you don't use and give them to Goodwill or give them to somebody. She told me a story about how she went into her closet and she saw all these shoes and all these clothes and she said, somebody out there needs this. She thought about it, thought about it, prayed about it. Girlfriend came to mind and she said, that girl's about the same size as me. So she FaceTimes her and says, I felt like it was going to be a little awkward at first because I wasn't sure if she would take it the wrong way. But I just FaceTimed her and said, hey, I got a lot of clothes. You want to see? And she says, and I want to give them away and you're about the same size and I'm staying at home, working from home and you're out in the marketplace. Do you want all these? And they said it was just this incredible FaceTime opportunity. Hey, praise God for Apple again. And, and she gives all her stuff away. And then she comes to the neighborhood group and she says, it was so freeing. Given to people that have need. This woman does that. She reaches out. She's got hands that reach out. Number five, she's got hands that care. She's not afraid of the snow. Lebanon has mountains. And they probably did some Hebrew skiing back then. For all in her household are clothed in scarlet. Scarlet is the color of courage. This woman is strong. It's a red color. It's kind of got a little orange in it. And it's the color of courage. And she says, I dress the people in my home, give them courage and give them hope. Verse 22, she makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Purple was prized by the ancients and exported far and wide. 250,000 shells were required just to make up an ounce of purple dye. And she says, this is what I'm providing for those in my household. She's trying to provide the best. Number three, moms need to rely on God's word for their wisdom. 
Verses 23 through 26 teach us this. I love the Proverbs because it's so practical. It's so helpful. He says this. We're going to see five areas that she applies godly wisdom. First one is this, that that she applies wisdom in her marriage. Verse 23 says, her husband is known in, in the gates. That means that he's got a good reputation in the community. This woman chose a man based on God's wisdom and goodness, and she finds a man that's got a good reputation, not just among the church or the believers of their day, that would be more accurate, but the community as well. Ladies, let me encourage you just for a moment. Lots of you are doing online dating. Nothing wrong with that, but I'd say this, check the character. You can't determine character from a self-described bio that they leave on there. Don't trust that. Check it out with their friends. Listen to the community. And this woman, she applies godly wisdom in her marriage. She says, it says this in verse 23, her husband is known in the gates. He's got a good reputation. When he sits among the elders of the land, that's, those are believers. He's got a good re- reputation, not just in the community of in the larger community, but in the faith community as well. Number two, she applies godly wisdom in her business. Verse 24 says, she makes linen and garments and sells them, and she delivers sashes to the merchant. She knows how to manufacture. She knows sales. She knows marketing. She knows distribution. She applies godly wisdom in her business. Number three, she applies godly wisdom in fashion. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She is modest, yet she dresses attractively. This mom knows how to rely on God's word and apply this wisdom in every area of her life. Number four, she applies godly wisdom in her plans. Look what it says in verse 25, the second part, and she laughs at the time to come. She's not freaked out, worried. She's kind of just, she's chillaxing. That word is a combination between chill and relax. She's chillaxing. My kids didn't invent that. Your kids invented that. No, I I like that. Whoa, hang on, whoa. We cool? Okay. Number five, she applies wisdom in her communication. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I heard a story about President Eisenhower. He was asked once, who's the greatest person, the greatest man you've ever met? And without any hesitation, the president said, the greatest man I ever met and influence upon my life is not a man, but a woman. It's my mom. He said, she didn't go to the big universities. She didn't go to all the prestigious schools, but she went to the school of godly wisdom and she taught me everything I know. And he went on to tell a story about how one day mom was in the kitchen and they're playing cards as kids, and she dealt them out this really mean hand and crushed them in the game of cards. And the kids get sad and upset. Mom, you always win, and we feel like you're taking advantage of us. And then mom said, boys, 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 lay down your cards. See, in the home. I can deal you tough cards in life, and we can talk about it, but the world will deal you cards that you just don't like. 
and you need to realize how to move on with the cards that are played to you. And President Eisenhower chimed in and said, my mom knew how to take real-life experiences and teach biblical principles that shaped everything about my life. This mom, in the Bible, she knows how to use her words to build people up. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom. That's godly wisdom. She speaks and she teaches with her words. Kindness is on her tongue. Number four, we're going to see that moms need to know how important they are around the house. Verses 27 through 29 teaches that. You know, Leslie keeps such a nice, clean house, and I do my chores, she does her chores, but she does a lot of it. She works part-time at the church, I work full-time at the church. She's, she's busy, and she keeps such a clean house, I have to confess, guys, I wish I did a better job on praising her and saying, you did a really good job. The problem is, is that she keeps such a good, clean house is that I don't notice sometimes when she cleaned it because it always looks clean. So I'll come home and she's like, how's anything look good to you? And I'm like, you look good. And she's like, anything else? And I'm like, it all looks good. She's like, I cleaned the house all day. And I'm like, woo, it looks so good. But you know, that can come across as fake and hurtful because she works really hard. And verse 27 through 29, Solomon answers the question, why is she so important? First thing he says is that she looks well. Not only she looks well, like she looks good, but it says, verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household. She's taking care of things. King Solomon would have been incredibly uh, demanded upon king to consult advisors, political leaders, government officials, uh, people, religious in, in, the, in the religious community, and he puts her in charge. Not only to give her empowerment in the home, but give her empowerment in the business world as well. And he says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Recently, Forbes magazine tried to determine how um, what a salary of a stay-at-home mom should be. And they took 10 categories from daycare centers to uh, teacher to CEO to uh, children's psychologist to cook. Should be a husband's psychologist or an, a, a, a marriage psychologist. Uh, cook, housekeeper, laundry machine operator, computer operator, facilities manager, and a van driver. And they came up with at least $113,000 a year is what a mom, stay-at-home mom is worth. And Solomon recognizes that, hey, she's important. Gentlemen, acknowledge that. Number two, she is a lifeline. She's a lifeline to the kids. She's a lifeline to the husband. How many of you men could have testified that your wife, your, the mom is in your life has been like a lifeline to you? Look what it says in verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Man, don't we wish we could hear more of that from our kids? You are blessed. I love you, mama. I love you, daddy. 
all the time I get kids that say mean things to parents and the parents come to me and they're like, my kid said this bad about me. I said, who cares? Who cares? If they say it when they're like 30, you ought to be worried. But if they're like five, Maya the other day, I wouldn't give her what she wanted. And she goes, I don't love you anymore. I don't love you anymore. And I said, I don't care. I don't care. And Sam goes, gosh, why did she say that? I'm like, it's just, she's four. Who cares, you know? Again, my parenting's coming into judgment again. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm in therapy. I kid you not, I'm in therapy. On Fridays, I gotta go to therapy. No, it's good. See, we adopted Maya, and there's all these little, you gotta figure out how to like be a good parent, not to just your biological children, but your new adoptive kid. And so it all comes with the package. So I'm just like, you know what, sign me up. So they put a little camera in the room. Oh, they put a camera in the room. And then they tell you, you gotta say all these certain kind of things. I'm like, man, who put you in charge of parenting? I'm learning, I'm learning. Number three, she's an MVP. She's the most valuable player. Verse 29, many women have done excellently, King Solomon says, but you surpass them all. You stand out. Hey, listen, guys, Solomon knows how to just put the moves on and say what needs to be said. He praises her and gives her verbal affirmation, and that'd probably be the greatest gift you could give today, by the way, is just affirm your lady, affirm your mom, encourage her. Many women have done excellently. You surpass them all. Number five, the fifth thing that every mom in the marketplace needs is this. Verses 30 through 31, moms need the Lord above all other people and all other things. They really need the Lord. There is no way you can live up to what I just preached. And Solomon didn't intend it for that. What he intended was, here's an idealistic paradigm for you to kind of learn how to sync up your life and your rhythms and your words and your actions to this. Praise God for that. But above all, you need the Lord more than any man, more than anything. You need the Lord. And he says this, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. He acknowledges that she's charming. He acknowledges she's beautiful. But her secret is trusting in the Lord. To fear the Lord is to trust in the Lord. It's a holy reverence. And what makes possible all the virtue, all the qualities that I just taught on is that this woman is rooted in godliness. She's trusting in the Lord for her strength, for her courage, for her tenderness, for her peace of mind, for her ability to navigate through the business world and the home life. It's her trust in the Lord. And that's what Solomon writes to us today. God-inspired, king of Jerusalem, inspired to share God's timeless truth for every generation to get closer to the heart of God and to understand what it means to be man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to honor mothers, what it means to be a wife. God's word tells us 
And the greatest thing that you need in all that you do in the home or in the marketplace is the Lord. He needs to be with you. He walks with you. He walks beside you. Counsel him. Pray. You receive counsel from him. Pray. Talk to him. Rely upon him. Husbands, here's how you can help. Bring your wife to church. Most churches, the wife bring their men to church, their husbands to church, their boyfriends to church. Let it be at North Valley that the husband knows the greatest thing my wife could have is the Lord. And you want that, guys. You want that. Here's why. Because if you teach her that you are in the place of God, you will fall short and she will be incredibly disappointed because she can't find happiness and strength from you, but she can find it from him. And when we do that, we don't put people in the wrong category that you are a person and you could never, countercultural to Jerry Maguire, complete all her needs. Do you see what I'm saying? Only the Lord can do that. So, so you need that. So husbands, minister to your wife by encouraging her in the word, affirming her when she comes to church, uh, encouraging her to be a part of a small group. And then you take the step, if you're far from God, you go, well, I'm going with you anyway because I support and love you. Amen? Ultimately, bottom line, we all need the Lord. We all need to trust in him. Invite Ian and the worship team up. Uh, Christine is going to sing this song called Trusting in the Lord. And it's out of this heart where she learns to trust in the Lord. And then she teaches her kids to trust in the Lord. And we're going to close out the service by singing, Lord, I need you. And I encourage you in this time just to take opportunity to pray and ask for the Lord to fill every need that you have because only he can do it. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.